0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another cloudy day here in the capital city as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. My name is Scott Challoner and I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Amy Ferguson. Amy is the founder and director of Fun Foundations Day Nursery in Cowbridge, South Glamorgan, Wales. Amy, very warm welcome to you and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us today. Hello. It's a real pleasure having you, Amy. Now, um, the purpose of this discussion is to really establish um, your take on leadership as a whole. And leadership is something that's really being put to the test, I think, at the moment, isn't it? It's fair to say, with the emergence of COVID-19, no less, and the need for business leaders in various sectors and also governments to really feel their way through this unprecedented crisis. Tell me, for somebody working within childcare, such as yourself, how has it been attempting to navigate the last few weeks and months? Because I can imagine the challenges have been tremendous
1: yes it has been difficult um i'm quite lucky because i've got a great team um and everybody has we've all really pulled together you know um and 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 we've managed to stay open throughout the pandemic um and you know there's been challenges in in some staff have had to be furloughed and some staff have had stay on. Um, and to be honest, as a team, they've all, you know, accepted who's furloughed, who's staying on, and they've all worked really well together. We've tried to sort of um, mix that up a bit and change teams um, over the past couple of months. But we're hoping that now we've got some stability, um, that it'll just be rather than, you know, changing teams, we will start gradually bringing more staff back into nursery. Um we're hoping to meet demand, but that demand has is, is not actually <laughs> been there as yet. Mm.
0: And with, of course, the furlough of staff and uh, the adjustments of staff to remote working and working under these new sort of safety uh, protocols, how have they found it, adapting to meet this uh, crisis? How have they applied themselves? Have you been quite encouraged by the response that you've seen from them?
1: Um, yeah, we they, they've actually managed quite well. We, I mean, in our setting, we've always... Um, work towards infection, prevention, control procedures anyway. Um, so mm. there's there certain things that we have had to adapt, you know, um, like staggering, I would say, drop off and collection time for parents to meet the social distancing as much as possible. Um, um, but yeah, the, the girls have really taken it on all board, all board and are really good at that practice because it's something in a childhood setting that you tend to do anyway on a day-to-day mm. basis with your general practice.
0: I think times of adversity such as this are really going to bring out the best in people as well, aren't they? We've seen so many fantastic stories of how people have applied themselves to meet this current pandemic. Um, However, from from a leadership point of view, um, though, Amy, uh, one of the key things um, is, of course, communication, transparency. um, And that's something that's really um, come to the fore in debate at the moment, especially when it comes to COVID-secure guidelines, and there's been fierce debate about how clear that is and businesses don't really know what to expect of course um, from these new guidelines as they begin to gear up to going back to um, normal operation. For yourselves how has it been in that respect? Do you think it's been quite clear enough and you know what's expected of you?
1: No not at all and um, we've literally just had a statement through that says that they're actually not going to be any guidelines for us. Um, whilst government um, care inspector at Wales, um, they're basically going to leave those decisions down to us. Um, it, it's a difficult one because they'll leave those decisions down to us, Yet, and when they come for inspection or if anything does happen, they'll be um, the first ones to complain. Whereas, you know, like I said, we've been open throughout the whole pandemic and we've not had any support from the care inspector at Wales or from Welsh Government. In fact, from Welsh Government, we received completely the opposite. Um, We've we've actually found Welsh Government with their announcements and what they say is support for families has actually hindered us as childcare settings. I mean, they've announced that they've introduced what they call the CCAS fund, which is an emergency uh, childcare fund for those that are key workers, Um, which is great news for the key worker families, you know, that they don't have to pay those And we tell them that they're taking from the pot, which funds. So they're basically just taking funds away from childcare settings, um, which makes running a setting when you've got a 90% reduction in fees anyway, it makes it nigh on impossible. It's so hard, and there's no. Obviously, so there's no financial support, but there's no other form of support either from the government. I mean, local authorities, really worked mm-hmm. and really helped, And actually, I don't know if we would have been able to stay open if we hadn't received the support from the local authority. But unfortunately, that also differs depending on which local authority you go to, I suppose, mm-hmm. as well.
0: It does, absolutely. You,
1: you, you tend to get mixed messages. And what, what what we have found, even more so during the pandemic, is um, certainly with Welsh Government, they will make a grand announcement without actually thinking it through or possibly even looking at a budget and then go, right, here we go, local authorities. You implement that. And then private businesses like ours are the ones that suffer because what they say they're given in one hand, they're actually taken away in another. So it makes it very difficult to um, plan, plan for the future because you just simply can't when you know you have no funding.
0: It is incredibly difficult to be proactive and plan for the future when there is so much uncertainty, especially around the funding side of things. Yeah. Um, what I think has happened, though, as a result of this is that the need for funding for child care, also the uh, the care industry, on the other hand, as well, and various sectors, that's now really coming to the fore as a result of this, isn't it? But how many casualties is it going to take is the, uh, the question uh, before uh, it, it is resolved. I mean, it's, it's a big, big issue going forward.
1: Mm, absolutely, I think. I think the figures were fifty percent of nurseries closed um, due to the pandemic. I mean, we are still getting, and, and we're still getting parents handing in notice. Like today, it's really sad. You know, we've looked after these children for years. You know, we've, we've got this family today. The two siblings, one is due to start school now in September, and then her little sibling. And mum's just been made redundant. And mm. it's so sad that, that you, you, we're still seeing the casualties 10 weeks later. But what is even more worrying is furlough is great. You know, it's been great. The government have put that in place and it is great. But what that's done is not allowed us to actually know what the long-term future is going to hold until furlough is gone. We don't know if people do have jobs to return to. Mm. And which that's, is quite worrying. Mm.
0: And that's another um, element of the um, the uncertainty, um, isn't it? And I think that the government stepped in there quite nicely to extend the, well, uh, the furlough scheme um, exactly. up until um, October yeah. for sure. Um, but even with that support that it's uh, provided to small businesses through the furlough scheme, through loans, um, there's a worry as well that, essentially it's going to come back to essentially bite everybody on the backside in the sense that taxes may necessarily go up, loans have to be paid mm-hmm. back. And so the can is being kicked down the road to an extent as well. And that's another worry for business in the future as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We you know, we've considered a bounce back loan, but it has to be paid back. You know, it's it's not it's not free money. You know, it it does have to be paid back and And how can you plan for budgeting for a loan when you don't even know if the sustainability of your setting goes that far? Um, Because we just don't know what our numbers are going to be returning to. So you you literally can't plan. There's no point in planning for a loan that that you you just don't know is sustainable to pay back.
0: Mm. Seems as if there's some real leadership needed um, on this um, issue for sure going forward from here, and some real clarity required from the uh, mm-hmm. the government, both in Westminster and in Wales as well. Um, but considering what we know at the moment, Amy, what do you think the long term effect on childcare is going to be as a result of this, as it stands? <sighs>
1: um, I, I've got two views really, and we do, we don't know which way it's going to. It could have a positive effect. Um. People could um, appreciate childcare more, use it more. um, You know, it it could be, like I said, it could be appreciated and and funded more, but ultimately it could be that people lose it less because they're unemployed. So we just really don't know at the minute. Um, It could go either way for us. Um, We've just got to hope for the better version.
0: Absolutely. And there are a great deal of variables as well, because we don't know if there's going to be a damaging second spike of cases as of yet. That's one variable, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. The economic recovery is, of course, going to be incredibly important in that. Um, If we just sort of backtrack for a moment to how this pandemic has sort of been addressed by the likes of um, yourselves, um, Amy, Um, have Mm -hmm. you had to sort of expand your offering towards the online side of things? And if you had to innovate and adapt to be able to sort of keep operating in some way during this? Three. So, um, d- during the pandemic thus far, um, has it prompted you to perhaps consider expanding your offering to the online side of things to try and sort of keep childcare provision going, oh, or has it kind of hindered operations almost completely?
1: Oh, hindered operations completely, yeah. yeah. Like I said, we, we've had a 90% reduction in um, in in people needing childcare, um, and uh, I can't see that changing for the immediate future. I think we know a lot of um, public sector workers have been told they won't be returning to the office for at least, until at least next year. Some of them, ten, to twelve to eighteen months. And um, ultimately, if you're working from home, you will require childcare. Less. So, um, yeah, so it, <laughs> we're hoping that um, we will, we will get, we will bounce back from it. But the bounce back is going to be very, very, very slow. Really so, and 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 we need some more support from government in regards to promoting the childcare offer, and um, being more flexible with that funding. You know, there's much more support required for that, for the bounce back, because ultimately childcare is going to be needed um, to support the economy with people going back to work. But it's just to what degree.
0: Mm. I can see exactly where you're coming from, um, Amy. And um, just before we do wrap things um, up on the uh, the programme today, I would be interested to um, understand what you envision for the next 12 to 18 months for yourself and for um, your um, business as well, and what you really hope to achieve as we move through the course of this pandemic and really look to the long-term future of childcare.
1: I think the next 12 to 18 months is going to be treating the nursery almost like a new business. And um, we're right back to where we were when we started off 10 years ago with our numbers um, and to a certain degree, different, new practice, um, not a great change in practice, but less flexibility with families. You know, we used to have a very, very much an open door policy where families would be able to come in and, and see their children playing and interact and that had to stop and we don't really know when. You know, because we don't we we don't know when this is going to end. We we don't know when that will change. So it's almost it, it is almost like um, starting a new business again. And with any new business, you need that time to grow and and consolidate new procedures as well. So, um the next twelve to eighteen months is definitely just reacting to the changes from from what what the reviews from the pandemic and 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 um, what the government introduced really.
0: And let's hope that. It does yield a positive impact on the industry, for sure. It's certainly going to be interesting times over the the next few months. And, you know, Amy, given how informative and insightful it's been having you on the programme with us today, I actually think it would be fantastic at some point in the next few months to have you back on the programme with us and catch up on what exactly is going on as we start to understand more about what the landscape is looking like for childcare and indeed what this new normal is going to be like as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. That would be
0: great. It certainly um, would be um, very um, insightful and also a real pleasure for myself and for the uh, the listeners tuning into this. Um, These messages do need to, of course, uh, be heard by the general populace, um, in my view anyway. Um, Amy, I've got to say, it's been a real pleasure having you on the uh, the programme today. It's a shame we um, don't have um, all um, evening, otherwise we could talk about it long into the night, I'm sure. Um, But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, until we do touch base again, do take care and do stay safe with all still going on, because we're certainly not out of the woods with this yet. And there's plenty of times for things to change and for the negative as well.
1: Yes, yes, definitely.
0: (laughs) But let's hope we start seeing much more of a positive curve sooner rather than later for sure. Um,
1: Oh, yeah, fingers um... crossed
0: absolutely that was um, Amy Ferguson speaking just now founder and director of Fun Foundations Day Nursery in Cowbridge South Glamorgan Um, coming up next on today's programme I'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with Lord David Blunkett Um, Lord Blunkett is an active member of the House of Lords a former Labour MP and Secretary of State and the Chairman of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland Um, despite being blind from birth in fact Lord Blunkett rose to prominence to become one of the most notable politicians of his generation, holding a number of senior positions in Tony Blair's cabinet and serving as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years. He was elevated to the House of Lords in August 2015, anointed Baron Blunkett of Brightside and Hillsborough. And I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Matthew enjoyed speaking with him. That is coming up next.
2: Lord Blunkett, welcome.
3: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you.